One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, do the ring crew just load that into the fans <laughs> after a show and just like ah, take us in there, leave some crisps nearby if you get hungry in the night. <laughs> Via the Ica Pro Power DeLorean back in the heady early 1996, getting ready for the boyhood dream to come true in the midst of some weird wrestling. And who be we doing that? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, joined by from cultaholic.com, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. It's Jackins, the mulligan to my O'Hare. Hello, friend. Um, today I'm dressed like everyone's favourite beach boy, Mike Love, as well. So. <laughs> you are very denim today. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of denim. Are you wearing jeans as well? No, I'm wearing yeah. she- shell pants. I've gone full <laughs> 90s. <laughs> shell pants and denim. Yeah. That your poor old grandma it's... had to sweat to buy you. <laughs> Is that the name of our new detective, Joe? Shell pants and denim. <laughs> Crime fighting duo. Nice choice on the denim. Thanks. It's coming back, I think, denim. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it ever truly went away. No, but, it, it's but denim on top. It's a it's a robust fabric. <laughs> that it is. Invented by Levi Strauss. Good old Levi Strauss. Good old Levi. How are you? Uh, all right. Oh, you didn't seem too sure. Just been a bit, just been one of them recently. I had to end, it has, isn't it? Yeah, I ended up going up a big hill in Middlesbrough on Saturday because I just... Sean was like, you're getting on my nerves, you big miserable bastard, let's go up a hill. I was like, yeah. Was it Rosebury Topping? It was Rosebury Topping. Um, <coughs> the funny Rosebury th- Topping. <coughs> the funny thing was, like, I've got all the gear, no idea. Um, but Sean's like done like Snowden and stuff before. So I thought, all right, Sean, this would be great. And we get to it and I'm basically running up it and she's at the bottom saying, oh, I think I've got asthma. And I was like, ooh, Mrs. <laughs> I've been up Snowden, given it the big I am, and I couldn't have picked someone worse to go oh, up uh, in with. Were you just being grumpy then? Was it just a case of you were feeling a bit on the grumpy side? She went, come on, let's go up a hill. Uh, but you, me, pretty much, yeah. That's bit, okay. Because yeah. I, I think there must be something. It must be like a, uh, a dark moon rising or something like that at the moment. Because I've been I've been in a weird sort of yeah. place with stuff like that. Yeah. But and Alex has as well. Like something, something in the air at the moment I'm not a fan of. I think it's the general state of things. Like... Um, like the, the camera freezing. Like the camera freezing, <laughs> which is a great example. That's quite a nice little picture for it to freeze on. Lovely. If you're watching live, there you go. Yeah, I think it's just the general state of things. The fact that we're in a hellscape at the moment and just... Yeah, it yeah. feels like that's been the way for a, for a good long while. Mm. 
And it's and it kind of comes and goes. I don't know whether sometimes I just forget that we're in a hellscape. Yeah, and we crack on. But we we, we need to, we need something funny like you know a, a dog stealing a car or <laughs> something to brighten up the day. Or a cat going missing. Yeah. Oh, how is he? I see your arms haven't healed fully yet. <laughs> if you're watching on the uh, the Patreon. Uh, sorry for the well, the shonky camera once again. It will fix itself in a minute. Um, but you'll see I've got... It's much better. Actually, it's much better than it was on Thursday morning. You look like Sabu. I do look like Sabu. I've been in quite the war. Um, so I... If you haven't heard this story yet, then strap in. <laughs> if you have, then spin on. <laughs> um, I... Because, you know, we talk a lot about Pablo. Uh, on this podcast, as we talk about uh, Louis as well and Poppy, but Pablo is an indoor cat, mm. and there's there's lots of merits to be had with an indoor cat. Like you know, they they live longer. Uh, you can keep them entertained with the sake for the sake of like you know some nice windows and games and stuff to play. And I think the argument will always rage between people who have indoor cats, people who have outdoor cats. Yeah. like um, Poppy and Louis are indoor cats. Aren't they're they? indoor cats. Yeah. yeah, and they're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. Um, but I think Alex as, and I were always a little bit concerned that, oh, is he getting bored? Because, you know, during the day we're at work, so he's on his Todd. We've considered bringing in another cat. Um, but his general reaction to other cats has been, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes us think another cat probably isn't the solution. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but maybe. And then we saw that quite a few people were, were talking about the merits online of walking their cats. Put a little lead on them and take them for a walk. <laughs> Which is the general look, and the, that's 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 most reactions to it. We we have got a harness for Louis, so we, we've entertained the idea as well. Mm. So the thing is, we tried the harness with Pablo, and the screen is frozen again. Sorry about this on the Patreon. I apologise. What shonky service you get? I like how I press a button, we disappear like ghosts. <laughs> 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 That's literally something that only video people can enjoy. <laughs> it's just noise to everybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but thing is, we tried the harness with him, and he played up when we put the harness on. Hmm. Like he acted like it weighed like a thousand tons, and like we just sloped in the middle. Of it, and Dad, this is rubbish. I can't work in these conditions. Except you put dreams on the other side of the room. So the always light. It's fine. <laughs> so um, we tried. So we we tried with a collar and a lead. And that was a mistake. <laughs> first couple of times was fine. Yeah. Fine. In fact, the first couple of times, I met fellow cat owners who were walking their cats. Bollocks, it, were you? It, really? I did. I, I, because we only, I only really walked in around sort of the, the area that we yeah. live in, like the, the, the estate that we live in. And I met people walking their cats. And I was like, hey. So Pablo got to meet other cats and go, fuck off. That was good. And on the day in question, we met another cat owner. And I was talking about, we were talking about like the merits of taking them for walks and stuff like that. And uh, I turn up, I turn to carry on my walk and he gets, uh, by this point, the, the lady I'd spoken to had gone in with her cat. Pablo gets spooked by somebody going out for a jog. Fucking joggers. 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 And he runs off. Uh, but in doing so, he's pulled himself off the collar and he's gone. Dashed away. You you can't catch a cat not on a leash. No. <laughs> it's impossible. I yeah. tried. Lord, I tried. And there was a particular hedge when we were on our walk. There was a particular hedge that he'd taken quite a shine to. 
I guess there was something in there that he liked the sniff of. Like, uh, and as I would discover later on, there was like loads of bird feathers in there. So presumably a bird had either taken a nest there or been mauled there. He was like, hmm. <laughs> and I know he liked it because if I pulled him away from it, he was like, Mah! when he when he was on the lead, yeah. he was like, Mah! I was like, no, you can't go in there because I can't follow you in. Anyway, off the lead, you remember, oh, now is my time. <laughs> Into the hedge. And presumably, as I, as, as I jumped into the hedge behind him, couldn't see him, big gap in the fence to the right, which leads into the woods. Uh. So I was like, oh, no. So I'm calling him, and I'm just stressing. And Alex comes downstairs, and I were looking through, we're like, I'm crawling through this hedge. I'm crawling on my hands and knees through this hedge. And I can't see him. And I'm like, I bet he's in the woodland area behind. I bet he's found a little bit there. And um, this cable, I am so sorry. There we go. I, I might just have to... I wonder if it's the table. If I move the table away. Because something's catching on the cable that connects the camera to us. But anyway. Table on a cable. Table on a cable. Yeah. The, the label. Um, so Alex is out to look for him. And I think, oh, God, he's gone to the woodland area. So I sort of find my way in. And this is just like... it's. It's nettles and brambles, and it's, just, it's all on a, it's all on a bank. So I'm just, but when, when, like, I'm thinking, like, he's just gone. Every second's counting. I've just got to get on with it. Yeah. So I'm just jumping through, and nothing. I go onto the Facebook page for where we live, and I just put just a heads up. Uh, our boy Pablo's just come off the lead, and he's gone missing. If you could keep an eye out for him, because I'm thinking, has he gone under a car um, for warmth? Is he? You know, as he turned up at somebody else's house. Yeah. And you know what? I always, I forever believe in the goodness of people because about eight people came out from the oh, estate. Yeah. Came over and said, we want to help you look for him. I was like, oh, well, thank you. So if you can look around there and I'll go back into the woods here. And we had like a little search party for the boy for a good hour or so. And we couldn't find him. We was, there was a sighting very briefly. Our neighbor caught it, caught a glance of him in the woodland area, like looking up seeing his eyes beaming through like some some thick hedge. And then Alex heard him meow. Yeah. But then we couldn't see him again. But like, well, okay, well, he's he's in the area still, so that's good. And then it just, and then nothing, <laughs> nothing again. He's in the area. Sounds like the hunt for Raoul Moe. <laughs> <laughs> then Gazza turned up with a fishing rod and some chicken. <laughs> and he's like, if chicken won't get Pablo out the woods, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> And um, so we still hadn't found Moti uh, by like it's getting to, like the like the sun the sun's gone down. Alex is just in bits, mm. and I am internally I am, but I'm like I've just got to suck this up, put a cup because if I'm getting upset as well, then no one's getting anything done. Yeah. So Alex is in bits because because immediately your brain goes to the worst case scenario. He's been hit by a car. Fox has got him. People are scared of black cats. Kids are shit. Like yeah. you, you're thinking all the way. He's climbing somebody's car and they're going for a late night drive, and it's like all the worst things. All the worst things happen in your head. And you've got to go. No, you can't. Why the? Why is the worst thing more likely than the best thing? Yeah. Let's let's try and think of it like that. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the search party had to dissipate and they had to go on their way. But you know how lovely that they all came out. Oh, as definitely. As long as they yeah. did, because and I was sat in the woods. Um, <laughs> Just in a bit of a state, and I, I and I was going through my phone like, what to do if your cat goes missing? And somebody had said, um, bring out his cat food with his with his favorite cat food in it. Hmm. Fill the bowl all the way up, uh, and then get his litter tray. Get their litter tray. 
maybe a toy and something that smells like you because the cat's sense of smell you must never doubt yeah because it's phenomenal so what i ended up doing was okay i'll go and get that but i originally put it in the woods and i was waiting near it and he never turned up um and it's now what quarter to quarter to midnight i'm still out looking and i message adam i don't know why i messaged adam adam pacisi from our place because uh, he messaged me something about about the news for the next morning. And I think I said something like, I might be in a bit late. Pablo's got out and I'm just out looking for him. I'd like to have a, I'm about to knock it on the head. But I'd like, a, I'll go have a look, another look at daybreak. And Adam, bless him, he went, um, are you, whereabouts are you? I'll jump in a taxi and come get your hand. I was like, honestly, mate, it's quarter to midnight. Don't worry about it. He said, no, 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 I'll, I'll be there and be there in 10 minutes. And bless him, our boss turned up. Yeah. Uh, he, he, just he, before midnight. He he might be what I described as a comedy terrorist, but he's a lovely lad. He's the best. Yeah. He's absolutely the best. And he turned up and he was I was like, right, what do we do? I said, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go back into the woods here. Uh if you could go and look under cars and stuff like that, that'd be great. And still nothing. But I ended up at that point getting his thinking, well, I wanna be somewhere where I can potentially see if he comes out. So I got his food bowl, I got his litter tray, which I put in the wooded bit where I was sat like a weird hobo. <laughs> put it back over the fence. Oh, by the way, we've got a comically high fence. <laughs> One that Pablo, when I was out for a walk, had attempted to scale by jumping, banged his head on it, and then just sort of walked off, styling it out like meant to do that. <laughs> but the quickest way from like over from where we live to the wooded area is to climb over the fence. Mm. I think I I think maybe I, I put my hands in the lap of the gods, my, my my luck in the lap of the gods four times as I scaled this fence. Can't have been pretty for anybody watching it. Oh, Not shit. once did I fall and break my coccyx. I did trip twice on the embankment in the woods. And at one point, I thought I was unconscious, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I might have been. Alex, who was watching from the balcony, said, I saw you slip. And I must admit, I was, I was on the phone to my sister. And just I was, it was the worst time. My chest was going off. She's, had, she's been a bit poorly this week. She said, my chest was bad. I was on the phone to my sister. Honestly, seeing you fall over was probably the closest I came to a laugh that day. I was like, well, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, Alex had gone to bed and I said, look, go get some rest. It's no good. Both of us being up through the night, you rest up and then we can do whatever in the morning. Adam's coming here now. So, and Alex had gone to sleep and I put his food out and his litter out and he, and his cat tree. And then I put my shirt on the floor as well, near where my balcony, where I can look down. And I thought if he comes out, then at least I can see. And Adam bless him. He said, you go get some, this is now two in the morning. And Adam says, look, you go get some rest. I'll stick around for another hour or so, see if I can see him. And I was like, that's really kind. I went upstairs to make him a coffee. And, uh, and I just have a little look over the balcony and just go, oh, come on, mate, where are you? And the little prick, the little shit emerges from the hedge near the front door. Not in the woods. Not in the, not, not on the building site. <laughs> 50, like 100 meters away, where I thought he might have climbed into a cement mixer. Not, not near the train tracks. <laughs> not between the wire fence and the wooden fence that I had crawled through like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> the hedge near our front door. Oh, food. Just walks over to you. 
but delighted at the same time. So I run downstairs, like, and 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 like by this point, I was kind of getting out of my dirty clothes. But I saw him, and I thought, oh, God, I've got to get down there now. What's on the on the dryer? I just grabbed like some shorts. And like a, a, a jacket that went over the top of it. I looked like I was going to a weird gig. <laughs> Ran downstairs. And there he is having his food. And I just got Adam, he's here. And Adam has come, Adam's climbed over this wall. Because he was looking around the other side of this wall, bless him. Adam's climbed over the wall. And we see him. And Pablo just, he looks like he's had a night of it. Like, you know when a cat is stressed? Yeah. Because like their, their back's all the way up. Their tails are all poofed Dead out. They're fat, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're just, they make themselves as big as possible to alert, you know, people. And they see, he's seen me and he's just like, whoa. And I'm like, hey, buddy. Hey, come here. And I'm shaking dreamies. I'm down on this level. And he's like, he's not. And uh, he goes, okay. round two, runs off again. <laughs> twat. Little twat. Back through the same hole that he ran through before in the hedge and out of sight. And I said to Adam, I said, the thing is, at least we know he's all, he's all right. Yeah, he's stressed, but he's he's around, and he hasn't gone off into. He hasn't got, got a trade to Germany or something. Like he's nearby. <laughs> That's what I say about you in the office. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's stressed, but he's all right. He's stressed, but he's nearby. <laughs> um, at that point, I realised. Okay, I know. I think I know how this is going to go. I said to Adam, I think I know how this is going to go. He normally, like normally about half four, my alarm goes off in the morning. Mm. So normally if I'm not out of bed at 4.30, like about 4.40, he's floating around the bed, you know, scratching on the, the blinds in the bedroom. Just come on, dickhead, hungry now. So I, I reckon about 4.30, he's going to reemerge because he's going to want some more food. Because in, in internal clock. Yeah. Uh, so we wait for a couple more hours and we... Sort of keep looking around, but we, you know, we're just cautious of hedges near where the front door is. And then, like, almost to the minute, 4.30, out of the hedge. Hello? How have you got there again, I'm thinking? Like, <laughs> how, but you've got, like, a little series of underground tunnels that get you back to the start and where we can't <laughs> see you. Like, we've been looking for you. We haven't seen how you've gone from... Over that side of the complex to this side. Yeah. A sneaky bugger. So then he, and th so I say, right, Adam, okay. Because he's going he's gonna to go again. I know he's going to run off again. So I said, Adam, if you, if you wait here, I will go the other side. So then if he runs off towards the hedge, I can pick him up as he does so. Mm. And I go over to the hedge and, like, and I get my coat. I've got this big coat on all night and I've taken it off and I've covered the hole in the hedge. Like, you're not running through that again, you little prick. By which point, Adam has rung me and gone, I've got him. I was like, oh, what? what? And uh, I'll go over. So basically what's happened is <laughs> Pablo hasn't seen that we've got this little cordoned off area. <laughs> but he's had a bit of food. And he's seen Adam. He must recognize Adam or something. Or he just sent a human. He just walked over, just flopped down and just gone, I'm tired now. <laughs> just easily, Adam just picked him up. Wow. Took him inside. Yeah. And... I've well, so I ran and saw it, and there's Adam holding him in the in the in inside the building now. So like if he decides to get away again, he ain't going far. And I've never known. I've been very lucky that I've not known a whole lot of loss or anything like that in my life. I haven't known much, and I've done so well to get to 38 and say that I've known some, and it's heartbreaking. But I've never felt such love and hate <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> As I did for that cat after being up all night, <laughs> like not not an exaggeration, all night. We got off the lead about half six in the evening, 
And this is now probably like quarter to five. All night, <laughs> I have not felt <laughs> the, the love and hate simultaneously that I had for this cat. And it was quite a nice feeling to see Alex again, who had gone to bed and she was in bits. And she posted on all these Facebook pages, keep an eye out for this cat. And uh, I just turned the light on in the bedroom and she woke up and there he was. He jumped <laughs> on the bed. It's just like... And so big love to Adam. Yeah. Who oh God, I think yeah. had he not come over, I probably would have called off the search for the night. Yeah. So the fact that he did come over made me go, okay, I'm going to stay out longer. Yeah. And it meant that he came back. Nice. And uh, we're not walking him again. <laughs> Are we bollocks walking him again? No. 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 He's an indoor cat now. I'm not surprised at all. Not at all. Well, well that's, that's a nice return to form for Adam Pacitti because I don't know if it's been disclosed about what he did at the uh, staff party. <laughs> So, <laughs> okay, let's let's bury him. <laughs> so we had a summer party, um, and we did. and Adam was just like, right, I booked a caravan park in Whitley Bay <laughs> <laughs> because it's pachiti, it's the most pachiti thing ever. Like, yeah, very pachiti thing. They all did karaoke, and <laughs> I saw the clip of Ross doing "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me." Yeah, the bastard. Because I said we've been planning that all week. I said, do you want to be George Michael or Elton John? <laughs> And he said, it even said on the karaoke, like part of it, it even had, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elton John. Oh. So I think he he did both, but I'd, I'd well gone by, but me and you had fucked we, up. We'd gone by then. We me me you and Aidan Gibbons had jumped in an Uber and gone. <laughs> but, um, you went into a concerned mother mode, because at one point you said to me, have you had any food? Have you had any food? And I had to say to you, Tom, you watch me eat two burgers and a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember doing that. Yeah, and um, I spilled coleslaw on your shoe. I remember doing that. That's the only time in my life I've been slightly angry with you. Yeah, you were <laughs> furious. I thought you were going to punch me. Yeah, because right, and rightly so. For, for for video viewers, right. So there was there was like a a coleslaw station, and I'd take my shoes off as at Matthew and put them there. So people were putting coleslaw on the plates rather than take their plate to the coleslaw and then bring it up the spoon. The mountain won't come to Mohammed. Well, exactly. <laughs> Tom instead puts his plate as far as he can as possible, gets a big spoon of coleslaw and flicks it like he's fucking Kandinsky. <laughs> and it goes on both of my trainers and of all the people in this company, you don't want to get coleslaw on yeah. their shoes. Yeah. It's me. And I just went, Tom, both shoes. <laughs> I think you made the mistake of leaving your shoes on the floor. Well, I didn't... I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't expect anyone to start <laughs> flinging coleslaw around a caravan. Well, I cleaned them. Your, they were fine. That's but... your mistake. <laughs> but just in that moment, I was just like, Tom, you are an agent of chaos. Yes. Yeah. I think you called me an agent of chaos. I did, but I, I, I wanted to call you an arse. <laughs> and, and, and again, rightly so. Rightly so. But like I said, cleaned them up. They were fine. They but just fine. for that split second, I was just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> if you ever want to really get the dander up of Jackie Orlando... Put coleslaw on his shoes. Um, <laughs> there was ever a lesson to learn. I mean, I love Tom, so we got away with taking off. If anyone puts coleslaw on my shoes, I'll break your fingers. Very true. Mm. I I got I got <laughs> off lightly with a, with a very angry ticking off. Imagine if somebody he didn't like had done it. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder I wonder whether you stole my cat <laughs> just for a couple of hours <laughs> just, like, to, just to teach. I'm having that cat. <laughs> I did actually. You know what? Karma meant that I did ruin a pair of shoes looking for him. I've had to chuck out a pair of shoes. That I could have cleaned them for. No, nah, not these. They were dumb. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's a hole in one of them at one point. I've, I've, I think I lost a good outfit climbing through hedges. But uh, 
God bless Adam Petitti. Oh, yeah. Just going around full circle. I'm glad Pablo's home. I'm glad yeah. you're all right. I'm, I'm fine. I'm glad you've had a few days to rest. <laughs> the, Ish. Adre- the, adre- the adrenaline. <laughs> I remember th- on the morning at about 9 a.m. Because I was I stayed up. And then as Adam went home, I said, I'll put the news together for the morning. Because um, now the cat's back. I, can, I should do some work, really. Yeah. Uh, so I did. And then I thought, I'll have, a, I'll have 45 minutes sleep on the sofa before I have to then go and start the day. Yeah. I woke up after 45 minutes and, oh, my God, the pain. <laughs> oh, my. The adrenaline had completely worn off. And I was just like, everything hurts. Like All this was red and angry. All my bones have been hurting ever since, <laughs> clambering up the up the side of the wooded area and stuff like that. Oh, so what, what, evening, what, what evening was it that he went... Wednesday evening, and then we found him basically Thursday morning. Okay, yeah. So Yeah, because it was the Thursday that there was no one in, wasn't there? Mm. Um, because after me being the trendsetter, every fucker got COVID in oh, the yeah, this, yeah. Not because of me. This was just completely unrelated. I got it, and then like three weeks later, everyone else got it. So Thursday... You will have seen by the Coltonic podcast that we're snake bit. We're like the AEW roster. Honestly, I was actually on reserve. And I, I said to Ross, I was like, I've only watched Forbidden Door this week just to let you know. And he was like, doesn't matter. We're thin on the ground. If anyone else dropped, you're in. That's how, that's, so that's how things were on that Thursday. A Thursday and the Friday. It was just every, every, it felt like every other hour somebody was going, yeah, I can't come in. I've got COVID. Yeah, I, just, I just snake bit. I, I just worked from home on the Friday for fuck it. There's going to be no one in. <laughs> I, ain't going, I ain't going in that Petri dish. I think it was literally in the upstairs office. It was just Alex and Fraser on the mm. Friday. Maybe James Jenkins. Yeah, because I booked off the Friday because I was, I was doing stuff at BBC Newcastle all day. Yeah. So I booked the Friday off anyway. Um, and I couldn't do Thursday afternoon because I was doing stuff at BBC Newcastle then as well. So we were just like snake bit oh God, <laughs> to yeah. the nth degree. Well, I mean, it, on the date of recording, when this goes out, we'll be like two hours after we finish recording because we didn't record last week, did we? Yeah, we pushed, that was it. Pushed we were, it forward. So you're here, literally, you, as you're hearing this, we recorded it just a few hours ago. Mm, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm <laughs> fresh. I'm still dressed like the twat of the beach boys. And, <laughs> and I'm and, still dressed like a twat at the beach. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> in a t-shirt that I've now worn three days straight, but I really like it. There's no odor, so it's fine. It's fine. It smells fine. I really like it. So I've worn it. I've, but I've, I've changed the outfit slightly each time. Yeah. So I've worn it buttoned up, and now I'm wearing it with a white shirt underneath to bring it to create a whole new ensemble. Like a uh, Colin Farrell in in Bruges. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Good film, that. Very good film. Very good film. Good film. Grim film, but very good. It's grim, but I really like it. Yeah, me too. Um, In terms of things to watch, I'm very excited because tonight, uh, because like last week was just a a write off for Alex (laughs) and I, um, (laughs) due to illness and other things. Like we're all fine now, obviously in the cat, but we just had a real rough week last week for a number of reasons. So I, so the plan is today for Monday. I said, look, I really want, I really want to watch Only Murders in the Building season two on Disney Plus. And um, she said, why don't we just have an early night and put the telly in the bedroom? Because we don't have a telly in our bedroom. And that's that's by design. Because otherwise yeah, we just same, watch same. telly in the bedroom yeah. all the time. So we just look at our phones instead. <laughs> worked out well, didn't it? Um, so I think we're going to have a night where we just go to bed early and watch Only Murders in the Building. Ooh. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Perfectly fine with that. I just yeah. feel very frayed around the edges starting this week. So I had like a nice delicate start to the week watching some Steve Martin. Oh, I might... I might... 
put that on later then because I've given up on all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff because I want to watch other stuff as much as I love both of them. Mm. So we just watched the first series of Wu-Tang Clan and American Saga on Disney+. Plus. Nice. If you like hip-hop and you're down with the woo, that's the whitest thing I've ever said. Mm. Um, yeah, it's good. But I, I hear they're, not, they're nothing to fuck with. They are nothing to fuck with. Uh-huh. But the thing is, there's two series. And I was like, oh, great. Only the first one's on Disney+, Plus, and it ends oh. on a good bit. It's like, oh, so... I think a couple of months and they'll be out, but it's uh, it's good if you like your hip-hop history. That's a good viewer. Mm-hmm. And how about your wrestling history? That's why we're here. About time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've gone over the stuff that people actually come here for, so yeah. Cat Chat and yeah, I th- Jamal. I think and... People have heard different different lengths of the, the story of yes. Pablo, so I thought I'd save the long-form version for this. <laughs> well, yeah, because I I think I just saw you, when I did see you last week, I was like, you're all right, and you're like, yeah. You did, I came in on Thursday morning, I was just like, yes, I think I'm all right. I was like, I'll leave Tom to it today. He was like, I'll hear all about it when he's ready to tell. I'm just going to just sit quietly for a bit and just contemplate existence. So we're back, February the 19th, 1996, on the road to WrestleMania 12. Your number one movie in the UK on this date in 96 is Jumanji. Oh. Still a banger. Great film. Board games available in Waterstones now. Mm -hmm. Along with um, The Queen's Gambit. Queen's Ransom? Queen's... What's the Netflix series? Queen's Gambit. What's just a chess set? Yeah. Queen's Gambit, the board game. And I was like, so chess then? But no, it's chess with extra steps, apparently. Oh. Yeah, I know. Because we really needed chess with extra steps. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, but Jumanji the board game is available now. Should you should you be brave enough to play it? Um, number one US movie is Broken Arrow. Never seen it. John Travolta and uh, and uh, Christian Slater. I like Christian Slater. What happened to him? He just kind of just sort of disappeared off yeah. the surface of the earth, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's the, the the film's main themes, according to Wikipedia. The theft of two American nuclear weapons, the attempt of U.S. military authorities to recover them, and the feud between Travolta and Slater. The film was a commercial success despite mixed reviews. Just sounds like 90s Top Gun, really, doesn't it? Basically, yeah. yeah. Number one on the UK music chart, still Babylon Zoo's banger, Spaceman. Fucking yeah. And number one in the US chart, still Mariah Carey's banger, One Sweet Day. <laughs> Still hanging, jeez, the, the time. Yeah. This is spent in the charts. It's incredible. Uh, it was on this particular date, February the 19th, in 1878, that Thomas Edison patented the phonograph. Oh, well, well done, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. <laughs> you gave us, you gave HMV a reason to crack on. Thank you. you. Uh, it was on this day in 1996 that Howard Stern announced the Howard Stern Radio Network. As a radio man, are you a Stern guy? Or have you ever dabbled yeah. with Stern? Because I know that the yeah. fans of Stern properly get into Stern. I think I think he's great for radio. I, I think that he's not for everybody. Yeah. But I certainly see the importance of Howard Stern mm. on the radio scene. Somebody that really pushed the boundaries and made radio must listen to. Absolutely, I'm for Howard Stern. I've, I've listened to bits and bobs because obviously... It, it's, it's not the same as it looking back, whereas now you expect people to be kind of like... Like you said, pushing the boundaries and being arseholeish. Mm. But like I said, in the nineties, with this zeitgeist of everything changing and MTV putting on Beavis and Butthead and ECW rise and the music getting more aggressive and Howard Stern being like, "I'm getting me dick out on radio and there's a crackhead <laughs> in the studio." <laughs> I, I wish I could have been at the time to properly listen to it because when I've tried, it's just a lot of in jokes and the people who get it get it. But for me, I was just like, "Oh, he's got a great voice for radio. I can see why what the appeal is." But I just can't. 
There's nothing worse than, than discovering something, wanting to jump into it, but it's just full of in jokes. Tom <laughs> <laughs> <Some> man. <laughs> As I was saying to my friend who works at Curly Whirly Man. <laughs> Um, the importance of the Howard Stern Radio Network must be addressed because Howard Stern by this point was doing syndicated radio shows yes. so his show was so powerful and I think there's been a few occasions of this before this but certainly Howard Stern was the defining moment of it his show was so big that radio stations would opt in to take his show mm. and that was how the things was made uh, the Howard Stern Radio Network basically Howard Stern built a 24 hour schedule of presenters that he loved that, that he that gave him the, he gave the seal of approval to and then radio stations that wanted to add something spicy to their network could opt in and out of the Howard Stern Network to take different shows yeah Alternatively, if they wanted to start a new station, they could just take the Howard Stern Radio Network wholesale, uh, as that was another option too. But that was a big turning point in radio because I think syndication and networking became quite a big thing after mm. that. It still very much is now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of radio, you know, to burst the bubble, a lot of radio is syndicated and networked now. And that's just how it goes, you know. The reason I'm doing this job is because of syndication and networking being so darn easy yeah. that I, I was moved on from a previous job <laughs> because of it. It's fine, I'm not bothered anyway. Um, but yeah, I, so I think this is a, a, crucial, a crucial week in the time of Howard Stern. Two days after this episode of Raw aired, Sophie Turner, English actress, was born. She would go on to play Sansa Stark in Game of Thrones. Hmm. It was, she was born two days after this episode of Raw. I don't think the two are connected. No. I don't think she was so excited for WrestleMania 12. She wanted to get out early. <laughs> but she was. Uh, so that's, uh, that's all the real... You could tell it was light on the old real world news because I dropped in Thomas Edison-based pants. <laughs> um, but what about the wrestling world this week? Jack Atkins, oh, well, Jackins. Oh. Well, right. Ravy Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, dated February 27th, 1996. One of my favorite angles featuring one of my favorite wrestlers. Brian Pillman showed up in the ECW arena on February 17th. Oh. Fucking. The way it's, it's great going back and seeing how Meltzer's written about it, because even he's kind of a bit like, oh. So, for the only initiated, obviously, you won't have gotten to this yet on WCW Not Nitro. Not, we're a couple of weeks away yeah. from this particular bad boy. So, they were pushing Pillman as the loose cannon of the four horsemen. He was becoming erratic. He was going slightly off script, but it was in the script for him to go off script. But they weren't telling anyone. It was basically him and Bischoff and Kevin Sullivan who were all in it. So, they were booked to do a I Respect You strap match between Sullivan and Pillman. And like 40 seconds into the match, because um, Sullivan was the booker, and Pillman gets the mic and goes, I respect you, booker man. And it just fucks off. Yep. And Arn Anderson comes out in his <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ralph Lauren shirt and a pair of shorts. He's like, we'll do the match then. And I like. I would like you to dress like Arn Anderson at that show for Halloween. I would gladly dress like that. <laughs> Sartorial bastard Arn Anderson. So... The the plan was that, ooh, they were going to kayfabe fire Pillman and then eventually bring him back after a few months, um, you know, send him to like ECW and Indies and, you know, get people talking, bring him back after a few months to be this massive star. Uh, so Pillman convinced Eric Bischoff. He said, we need to completely work the boys. We need to work everyone. Fire me for real. I'll be back in a few months. <laughs> 
So we fired him for real, and he went, cool, right, see you later, dickheads, I'm going to ECW. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he turns up in the ECW arena, and obviously when he turns up and he's fucking swearing his head off, threatening to get his dick out. Um, I'm going to whip my Johnson out! Gonna piss all over the... It's amazing. So, he was in character from the time he showed up in Philly, showing up at the ECW arena wearing a La Parka mask to hide the fact that it was Brian Pillman, and he pretended to only speak Jap- that he could only speak Japanese backstage. Uh, he's saying here, Pillman was in the ring, re- received an enormous babyface pop, which continued when he called the current WCW head Eric Jerkoff. <laughs> Pillman then called the audience smart marks and did an obscenity-laced interview that got most, but not all, of the audience to turn against them. Finally said that he was going to pull out his Johnson and piss all over the fans in the front row. Uh, Paul Heyman, Todd Gordon, and Shane Douglas, who apparently was part of the decision-making team at this time, came out saying to Pillman it wasn't part of the deal. Uh, Pillman calling Heyman Bookerman. He did a worked attack on a fan with a fork and got hauled out of the building by the local security force. While Douglas, looking for a piece of him, never laid a hand on him. Pillman was then in character for the rest of the night at the hotel, swearing at fans. <laughs> so then Dave puts it, Pillman was officially, or at least very publicly, fired by WCW on Thursday. Although there are claims he's still on the payroll, as there are indications the company is going to great and even laughable lengths to try and get everyone to believe it's a shoot. It was a shoot. <laughs> but the only person he knew was Brian Pillman. Wow. And he ends up a couple of months later in the WWF on the first ever guaranteed contract, doesn't he? He's amazing. I fucking love Brian Pillman. Have you read Crazy Like a Fox? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll bring my copy in for you. Yes, please. Because, yeah, I, it was on my Amazon list for ages, but the amount of books I bought and not read, I was like, right, I can't buy any. Mm. But I love Brian Pillman. He's so ahead of his time. And it's a shame... Uh, that we never got to see Prime in ring Pillman in WWF. No, I know. Because had he, regardless of his untimely passing, even if he would have just been healthy, a healthy, loose cannon, Brian Pillman would have been fucking brilliant. Would have been unbelievable. Yeah. But that was a, that was an incredible night. Yeah. Of Ian Pillman. And you covered most of the stuff I was going to yeah. mention there from the book, the thing that he kept turning up in a Laparka mask, <laughs> pretending he was Japanese. Um the the fight with the fork, the attacking a fan with a fork and yeah. being dragged out. Oh, it's amazing! He goes a uh, big shout to Liam O'Rourke who wrote Crazy, my mate Liam who wrote Crazy Like a Fox. It's an amazing book, yeah. and it goes into great detail about all of that and loads of other stuff around Pillman in in his time in wrestling. Yeah, Hogan's desire to work with Pillman in the weeks before this because Hogan recognised, oh, Pillman's really hot, brother. Let's work with Pillman. Yeah, and Hogan like, probably would have buried him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, he's really hot. Imagine how great it would be if I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know I know most of our listeners are old school wrestling heads, but if you never saw Pillman as Prime, basically think the best of Dean Ambrose and the best of John Moxley oh, together. Nice. And it's just, it comes close to Pillman. It was just, he was amazing. Yeah, I was a fan. I don't know if you could tell. I can tell there's a bit of fandom. Yeah. He, he falling off you there somewhat. So, different news. Over to the WWF. It was announced to be a tag, ti- tag team title tournament. Say that four times fast. Mm-hmm. It started on February 20th in Huntington on Superstars uh, because there's been an injury to Billy Gunn, apparently. So the first round matches were Body Dons versus Bushwhackers, Razor Ramon and Savio Vega versus the 123 Kid and Tatanka, Godwins versus Marty Gennetti and a mystery partner who will become the new Rockers. Mm. 
and Hikushi and Barry Horowitz versus Owen Hart and Davey Man. Uh, the finals will be at WrestleMania during the pre-show, which is a surprise because it cheapens the tag titles to not even have the tournament finals make the pay-per-view show. WWE still do this. Yeah, they're not fans of uh, which is they're not fans of tag wrestling. No, which is a shame because I'd argue that tag wrestling saved money in the bank to an extent on Saturday. So I've been told. Yeah, I need mm. to catch up. I'm. Uh, I think the Usos are fantastic, and what I've seen of Street Profits are really, really good. Mm. So yeah, I'll. I'll Catch that if I've got any time. They had a banger. They had a banger. Yeah, Billy Gunn's injury is is a bit is poorly timed because you know they were they were still quite well represented as the tag champs. Yeah, you know they won the Raw Bowl. <laughs> Heaven <laughs> for them back in January, so they have to address the tag situation. Then you kind of look and you realise, wow, it, it really is somewhat slim pickings. Uh, body Donners, Bushwhackers. Mm. Bushwhackers. Ramon and Vega as a tag team for now. Mm. Uh, one, two, three, kid and Tatonka. Because we've, I think they've just remembered. Oh, yeah, Tatonka. <laughs> Feels like they've just remembered they had a Tatonka on the books. Yeah. And then uh, that, that team of Harkushi and Barry Horowitz, which is going to go against something we see on Raw this week. Mm. Um, and then Owen and Davey Man, who seem the most obvious to win the whole thing. But spoiler. No, they have, they have other plans for them for WrestleMania. Uh, a couple of other bits. Johnny Ace sent a tape into WWF of uh, <laughs> a match where he and Steve Williams took on Misawa and Kabashi, uh, which Johnny Ace's stuff in all Japan was fantastic. It's mad to think mm. that he became John Laurinaitis. But uh, he sent it into WWF. like, hey, I mean, lads, do you want this? Any chance of a job? WWF said, nah. <laughs> see you in about five years yeah <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett has suffered a serious back injury on February 17th in Memphis he took a bump wrong against Ahmed Ur Johnson no he was carried out of the ring and hospitalised As the, at the time of writing he was out of the hospital but no word on when he'll be back oh dear uh, Ahmed in Memphis Undertaker Razor Ramon and Hunter Hearst Helmsley all no-showed so they put Yokozuna instead of Undertaker against Goldust uh, for the IC title they were doing walkout finishes on the house shows to protect Goldust mm -hmm. they also had a triangular tag match where they allowed locals Tommy Rich and Doug Gilbert to go over both the Godwins and the Body Donners mm -hmm. so and a little tidbit from uh, Mel it's like it was kind of funny for Memphis to see Tax, uh, Tex Slazenger on Wednesday and then Phineas Godwin on Saturday in the same arena. That's two different people. Yeah, that's an in yeah because because Tex Slazenger uh, is uh, Dennis Knight, yep. aka Phineas Godwin, and it's them seeing you know a similar gimmick in the same venue. Yeah, and, yeah, interesting one. Interesting why they put Rich and Gilbert over. Yeah, it just, must have just local pop. Well, remember when they were doing the PG thirteen stuff? Yeah, a little while ago, true. brought them in for a burst of props. They've seen them before. Oh, let's see how they go with some of our established boys. We don't know why they know shows. Uh, Taker, Ramon, and Helmsley. I can't imagine Undertaker just going can't be asked. Yeah, bye. Uh, I can Ramon. I think we'll we'll talk more about Razor Ramon uh, as the show goes on, <laughs> uh, and then maybe sort of Helmsley by proxy could have been why. Wasn't there Ramon as well? Potentially. Yeah. So I've got one last little bit of news before we dive in. Vader has signed a two-year contract. Yay! The deal allows him to still work Japan. However, WWF must approve of any U.S. indie dates. He's expected to start full-time on the road after WrestleMania. Uh, he injured himself in your house doing the run-in because his shoulder hasn't re recovered fully from recent surgery. 
And that's the reason why he wore a coat in your house. And as we'll see on Raw, he wears a lovely sweater because he's got big surgery scars. Ah, that's why. Eric Bischoff did bring up Vader on Nitro saying he ran away with his tail between his legs after Paul Orndorff got through with him. <laughs> While also plugging the Baywatch episode filmed that summer with several <laughs> WCW wrestlers, including Vader. <laughs> Bless him. Um, for Raw this week, so I'm going to walk you through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw wow. from uh, February 19th, 1996. There was a dark match before all of this kicked off. Ooh. Did you spot this? I did not. Um, the Observer writes, um, Herman the German <laughs> was given a tryout at these tapings. Herman the German. Pray tell, Tom. Who is Herman the German? This is German wrestling legend Ulf Herman. Wow. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Obviously, Herman the German. Yeah. <laughs> but they're calling, in Herman, calling him Herman the German, which I think was a name he'd used elsewhere as well. So, yeah. Herman the German. Uh, last time you and I talked about Herman the German was when Ultimate Warrior had that <laughs> comeback show in Europe in 1995. Yeah. When he, he wrestled Herman the German. Herman the German. That whole match is on YouTube, and it's oh. fucking awful. <laughs> I think I could have guessed that. Yeah, yeah, you could have guessed it. Nothing it's... on Ulf Herman, more on can't be asked warrior in Germany. <laughs> I saw the I saw the when I saw the video the video file was twenty five minutes long. I thought well, that's, that's twenty minutes too long. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Four minutes of entrance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it depends how quickly he runs. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we don't see Herman the German sadly on WWF television. But they and I, I just I wonder whether the, the timing is interesting considering who does pop up tonight has connections with Herman the German. Ooh. Whether there was a whether it was a favour, whether it was, you know, connected to that, which we'll talk about in a bit. That's right, kids. It's Bracus. No. <laughs> oh, if not only. Yet. Not yet. Uh, we open with Sonny feeling herself up on the beach to open the show as a rip-off of Chris Isaac's Wicked Game plays in the background. <laughs> what a great song. What a great what song, a great isn't it? Song. It's a great radio song, that. Uh, we have a recap of In Your House, uh, which leads to plugs for tonight's Raw, featuring Undertaker... Uh, in action, Razor Ramon challenging Goldust for the IC title. They casually mention the ultimate warrior. Speak to me, warriors. And they go, Larry Fling almost live. <laughs> That's later tonight on Raw. Raw. We have not had any mention of the ultimate warrior. I don't even think it in your house. No. Which was 24 hours ago. Because yeah. I saw that, I thought, he says, it, he says it so off the cuff, as if like, oh yeah, and, and as you know, the ultimate warrior. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest stars of the 80s is back. Yeah, and I just thought, was there an episode of Superstars that we missed? No, no, because literally the last WWF content we had was in your house 24 hours before. Yeah. And nothing, unless I'm being really thick, Nothing was mentioned about the Ultimate Warrior. No, because the only thing we've touched upon is in Observers leading up to this, there'd been rumblings that, ooh, ooh, Hellwig's coming back. Yeah, but... there's been like internal rumblings and like and dirt sheets and stuff talking about it, but nothing on television. No. And it's just, oh, by the way, the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Is this a new Raw opening? Or have I not been paying attention? I didn't notice. Because they're still using the do 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 but later on, they do use the... Dun, 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 oh, no, the, dun, the music's dun, the same, yeah. but the video, it, it seems to make the show look bigger and badder Ooh, in a good way. Uh, Colorised wrestlers with black and white backgrounds. Okay. Yeah, because I, I should really pay attention, considering when they went back to this, they were showing clips of Roddy Piper, which haven't even been filmed yet. Mm. So, Which is weird time travel mm. stuff. Uh, we open 
with Razor Ramon walking to the ring. He's taking on Goldust and looking to become the first ever five-time intercontinental champion, if he does so. Uh, Goldust gets jumped by Ramon before the bell, and Ramon's ripping off his robe. He nearly gets DQ'd when he goes to hit Goldust with the title. The ref stops him, so he dumps Goldust out of the ring with the clothesline instead. Back in the ring, Razor goes for a Razor's Edge dead early, but Goldust backdrops him out of the ring to stop the rot as we go into a break. Uh, Goldust in firm control during the break. We get a clip where we show Ramon getting back into the ring after the failed Razor's Edge and gets a running Oscar hip attack to talk, knock him straight back out of the ring again. Mm. Not seen Goldust do that before. No. Pushes his bot bot straight into Ramon. <laughs> uh, he puts a sleeper on when Ramon enters the ring. Ramon mounts a combat with a fallaway slam over the top rope. Fucking insane spot. That was incredible. I don't know how you protect yourself with that. Yeah. You just I, gotta just wish, wish, you know, cross all things and hope for the best. And the fact that they didn't cut the camera, so gold just does disappears. It looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, just chucked him right out of sight. Soon after this, Goldust recovers and he and Marlena make a run for it, taking the count out loss, as they've been doing, as you said, on the house shows. Mm. Um, Ramon gets on the microphone post-match and says, Goldust, I don't want your belt. I want your ass. Okay. He takes aim at the great one from the glory days, Roddy Rowdy Piper. <laughs> uh, Ramon says, uh, you've got six kids, Piper, I love the kids. And he appeals to Piper, who is a father of six, saying, I don't want my kids to watch this stuff on TV. Gesturing, gesticulating towards Goldust, who is backstage. He asks for a match with Goldust anywhere, anytime, and wants Piper to make the date. Now, as this is happening, and we're building to not only a tag team tournament match with uh, Ramon and Salvio Vega, we're building to potentially a match at WrestleMania between him and Goldust. But all this is happening, and Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall, not a happy camper right now. Observer, based on the commentary, the impression was given Ramon doesn't care about the title, so it may be a non-title gimmick match at Mania. Like, perhaps a loser leaves town if Ramon decides to go to WCW, which is a distinct possibility right now. Mm. More next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> when we get there. Uh, what do you think of the match? I thought it was fine. It was very aggressive. It was like really like from the from the bell. Like it was just. It felt like a grudge match. It 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 felt like Scott Hall taking his frustrations out, not Razor Ramon. Oh wow, that's what I felt anyway. Because I thought the booking of it was weird. Because Ramon battered Goldust. He battered the champion. Uh, like I said, Goldust got a bit of a. You know, come back. He had a sleeper and the bum attack and stuff, but he didn't really lay much of a glove on him. Um, yeah, I will say this though: with the entrance, they are again the adding layers to the Goldust character. And the entrance this week looked phenomenal mm. with the gold glitter coming out of the sky and the spotlights. And yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of the packet. I'm a big fan of the presentation of Goldust. You're a big um, fan of Goldust package, is what you're going to say. There's nothing wrong with that man no, of the world. Absolutely not. I was going to say. Um, yeah, but yeah, you, you can tell. You can tell Scott Hall's frustrated. Yeah, yeah. There is. There's something. There's. There's some kinks that need to be ironed out. And it's probably as well, like they were saying. Oh, could he become the first time five time Intercontinental Champion? He's probably thinking, "Fuck me! I've already had it four times. <laughs> yeah. Could I do something else? I'd like to be the World Champion, please." Yeah. Seems like I think we've talked about this a few times. How like it seems such a no brainer to make him a top guy. Yeah. But there is a weird reluctance from Vince to do that. Yeah. 
which is strange because he like he would with Shawn Michaels on the ascend, like you could have made Ramon happy easily by going, I tell you what, Sean's about to come champ, you're gonna have a run with him. A Sean versus Razor world title feud. A ladder match for the world title. Yeah. Be great. What a great story to tell. They fought for the IC title, they both progressed, they're both fighting for the world title in a ladder match. But yeah. It won't be to be, sadly. Because as we'll see in a few years' time with Triple H and The Rock, I like it when feuds keep going up mm. through levels. They keep finding themselves, yeah. like star-crossed lovers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, backstage, Paul Bearer is coaxing The Undertaker out of his casket. Branded casket. Branded, <laughs> rest in peace <laughs> casket. So there's a bit of weird new lore to The Undertaker that becomes apparent during this show. That The Undertaker now lives in that casket. <laughs> Whereas in not in not that long ago, it was established that he built caskets and had a, a, and had a warehouse where he worked. He had a, he had you know a, a, a burnt out old barn which he converted into um, uh, somewhere you do DIY. Like a garage. Like a workshed. A workshed. Yeah. yeah. He, he built it into a workshed, a workshop where he made caskets. Yeah. But now, apparently, oh no, he just lives in a casket now. So, is this the like, because obviously he's just the Undertaker. Do they refer, they don't refer to him yet as the dead man, do they? It's always been implied that he's a zombie, but is this the first time that they've basically shown, oh yeah, he's dead? Oh yeah, he's definitely dead. <laughs> he's not alive. Yeah, they've always, yeah, they've always alluded, I think they've always alluded to it. I don't think they've ever said the dead man. Mm. I don't think. Because that's still not. Yeah, we we are still in the new generation here and saying, oh, this fella's dead. That's not very new generation, is it? Maybe the workshop is in the casket. Maybe the casket is like the TARDIS. Ooh. So it just changes size. I like that. So it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> and then it goes through and it's the workshop. <laughs> that's a nice thought. Maybe that's what they're doing. Uh, Doc Hendricks is flogging one-size-fits-all sweatshirts. Bullshit. Before we cut to Doc Hendricks at the Raw Band stage, talking through still highlights of In Your House 6. And they're playing the abandoned Raw theme. That's what the Raw Band are playing. They're so playing the wrong theme. You big shout to Jim Johnson, you can see on guitar. You can. Sat at the back, just jamming. <laughs> Uh, he's cut off as he's talking about Bulldog's match, which is what I was furious about. Uh, <laughs> as Vader stomps to the ring, wearing a lovely black tracksuit. Oh, it's great. It's kind of lockdown chic that he's wearing. Because when we came out of the first lockdown, everybody was wearing like joggers and those big jumpers. They became Vogue for a while. And Vader looks like he's he's been working from home for six months. <laughs> but still has the mask on. But so still has the mask all on. All business, big fan Vader. Uh, Vader stomps to the ring with Jim Cornette trailing behind him. Barry Harwitz and Aldo Montoya already in the ring. They're set to face the Body Donners because of reasons. Body Donners don't get out there, but unfortunately Horowitz and Aldo already out there take a shoe in by Vader. Vader does a whopper chokeslam that almost turns Montoya inside out. The crumple physics on Aldo Montoya. <laughs> yeah. So Aldo Montoya here, he's either selling like death or the jick got messed up because he kind of lands on his shoulder and he's just like, oh, fucking hell. And even the ref's checking on like, you all right? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I, I feel like he landed badly on yeah. his shoulder because then what we saw, we saw Barry uh, Harwitz get beaten up, getting flattened by a punch and then thrown out of the ring. Mm. And then he went over to Aldo Montoya, gave him a punch and then just left him. <laughs> I thought it would have made sense of Vader to whoop 
whip him out of the ring, which made me think maybe Aldo, there's a concern that Aldo's legit injured. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do when you're injured is take a flying bump over the top rope where they just punched him and let him just roll out of the ring. Yeah. Just felt a bit, just felt a bit stunted. But it was the first thing I noticed as soon as he took the joke. I was like, "Ooh, that didn't look right." Yeah, he just almost went upside down. Yeah, like he put some, he put some stank on it. Did Vader, and then Vader stands on the top rope to celebrate. I'm the who's the man? We even get a who's the man shout from Vader. Fucking man, we like Vader, don't we? Now he's now he's in the company and and potentially doing that plus New Japan. Yeah, that's a bit of a a bit of a president setter, isn't it? He's great. I love him. I like him here. Yeah, Uh, Vincent Mann is like questioning what Roddy Piper's up to. Let's find out. Cut to a video package of the ultimate warrior. Uh, clips, classic clips of warrior shaking the ropes, running to the ring, press slamming people, a little bit of warrior wisdom on the promo as well. And then that's it with no foot, no mention of why we're seeing this or how or where or when, or just a video package for the ultimate warrior. So, the Wrestling what, Observer. <laughs> what do we know, Jackins? What do we know? After a false start in December 95, WWF once again unleashed the Ultimate Warrior's return with a promo piece. Helwig and McMahon were negotiating in December, but it fell through, reportedly due to money disagreements, surprise, surprise, as well as Warrior reportedly, reportedly wanting to use a testosterone patch, which, while legal, would render the basics of the WWF steroid policy as practically worthless. Uh, he's noted here... They've been both companies, WWF and WCW, have been bringing back AE stars. So Piper's back, uh, Road Warriors, and Miss Elizabeth from WCW. Jake Roberts has just come back. The return of Warrior, and it should be mentioned that it was never directly said that he was returning. It would also be hi- ironic and hypocritical coming on the heels of Titan pointing the finger on television at WCW <laughs> on the subject subject of steroids and threatening to expose them more in the future. Uh, so, yeah, he's just going on about the WF steroid policy and saying, yeah, it's the, the ultimate warrior. He's saying he, he's, he's, he is steroids, basically. So. It is. There is something dubious about spending weeks going, hey, Bernard Ted, look out, shareholders. He's giving all his wrestlers steroids. Much that. Anyway, in unrelated news, the ultimate warrior's coming back. It, it's steroid. Roydy Magoo is returning <laughs> to the WWF. But he, he is, to give him his credit, I'm not saying that he wasn't on the gas, but he wasn't on as much gas because he does come back as a, mm. a more svelte warrior. He comes back looking different enough for people to uh, start rumours that he died yeah. and this was a replacement man. Yeah. This was John Bobson. <laughs> it's like, nah, that's, that's that's clearly the ultimate warrior. He's just, yeah, he's a bit smaller and he's got different hair. <laughs> Isn't that, but this is the the, the, the weird power of, of early internet here where that rumour really caught really caught fire. Yeah. That he's yeah. High. And I think because he was wearing a singlet with had muscles spray painted on it. Yeah. Made everybody think, ah, oh, it's all it's a different, <laughs> different warrior. And when he turns up in his cap for one one time only as well. <laughs> can't wait for that. Oh, I can't. Bring even that on. though it's going to be bollocks, I can't wait for this Ultimate Warrior run. It's a bollocks warrior run. Of course I, it is. I, for one, I'm here for it. It's a post-prime warrior run. <laughs> it's going to be shit. <laughs> 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We get a plug for WrestleMania 12, coming from the home of the stars, California. Last year, all the stars came to WrestleMania. This year, WrestleMania goes to the stars. Is kind of the theme. Yeah. You know, we'll come to you this time, don't worry. <laughs> then Sonny touches herself and sings Happy Birthday, Mr. Smithers. Um, <laughs> Ruined the... <laughs> Mr. Smithers. Um, it's Aww. President's Day in America, so she's singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, and uh, having a little glass of fizz. Whilst in in her underwear, so Bill Bill Clinton shining the saxophone in the White House. Of course he is, yeah. dirty boy, and he's touching his knob. Dirty boy. Uh, as that's <laughs> happening, Bob Backlund is in the crowd. Uh, Jerry Lawler suggests he's possibly challenging Bob Dole to a match. Hey. Bob Dole running for president this year. Um, as he's doing that, Marty Jannetty makes his entrance for a match against the Ringmaster. Good hand in, in the, the mid card. I thought if you're watching on the video version. Jackins grabbed his hand with his other hand to insinuate good hand in the mid card. Or if you're a fan of a certain vintage, Baron Von Raschke. <laughs> that is all the people need to know. Uh, <laughs> Baron, Fuck. Baron Von Jackins. I was so happy when he turned up at AEW last year. I was just like, <laughs> Baron Von Clover Bastard. It's great because you go, who's that? And then, he, then all he does is go, you go, oh, it's you! And everyone in the crowd just goes, Raschke! The claw, the claw. Love Baron Von Raschke, more of that. What a great finish. Just put your hand on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Works for the Von Erics as well. Exactly. Yeah. If I was a wrestler, I would want to learn a finisher that I could do forever that didn't really hurt me too much. The RKO, obviously, that's, you know, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, a debt has been collected on that with his back. Well, I mean, Randy, Randy Keith. Look at Mick Foley. He can barely walk, but he can still put a mandible claw on a bastard. Exactly. Right. Hulk Hogan ain't doing a leg drop. <laughs> <laughs> this side of eternity. 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 <laughs> He-Man's getting a leg drop. <laughs> He-Man. He-Man, which is how British Bulldog refers to most men. <laughs> He-Man. Who ate my sandwich? Hey, man. Hey, man. Oh, look at it. He's got oh, salad cream on his chin. Oh, I'll have that in a minute. He's <laughs> coleslaw in my shoes, the bastard. Mm. Coleslaw king. <laughs> Cleans off your shoes dead quick. Oh, uh, oh it's got a shoe buff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a shoe buff. 
<laughs> did I tell you when I did uh, the watch along for Slammiversary about three weeks ago, mm. somebody left a comment saying, um, watching Tom and Coltaholic is a bit like trying to watch the MCU. You have to watch everything yeah. to know all the references. <laughs> and I have, I have, which is why, like, I I think it was when I was midway through Slammiversary doing an episode of That's Gotta Be Kane, <laughs> which people were like, this is great. And some people were like, what's going on? Has he, has he, <laughs> has he gone down a path? Well, it was even for us when we did the uh, uh, Kane Miss Carol at Christmas, Kane where it was Carol. me, yourself, Sam we had Driver. Sam Driver and Matthew. Griggles. And we, the, the three of us were all reading each other's things like, I don't get this reference. <laughs> and then Matthew would be like, that's one of mine. And then Sam would be like, that's one of mine. And I'd be like, that's one of mine. So. I feel like a conjurer. <laughs> I feel like a puppeteer. Like, I'm writing all these references going, you'll get that, you'll get that, you'll get that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like leading an orchestra. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we got a good hand in the mid card taking on Marty Ginetti from the Rockers that time. Um, Rigmaster has shaved his head and is growing his goatee. And he's wearing black trunks. Black trunks as well. And Vince McMahon says, you talk about a stone cold man. He's fucking coming. Talk about a chilly McFreeze man. <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon also says, as well as referring to him as stone cold, uh, a stone cold person, he says that he has all the tools to take him straight to the top. Mm -hmm. Lawler says... He's heard that Marty Jannetty has found a tag team partner for the upcoming tag tournament, and they will call themselves the New Rockers, mm. uh, which which Dave has obviously mentioned in the Observer. Yeah. Now this is weird because this is a time where because Jerry Lawler had been doing this thing with his sources, and the joke was the sources were always wrong. Yeah, but this source is Bob on because <laughs> <laughs> the same source will tell Jerry Lawler that Ultimate Warrior is now four hundred pounds and bold <laughs> in the weeks to come. <laughs> But the the running joke is that Jerry Lawler's sources are shit. But this one, it was spot on. Is that a, a swipe, like a, a subtle swipe at Mean Gene? About the sources being wrong? I, I possibly. I think it's, I don't know if it's a swipe. I think it's more just a cute play on, yeah. like, you know, dirt sheets in, in that sort of culture with Jerry Lawler saying, oh, I've got my sources and the sources are always wrong. Yeah. I think it's a subtle little dig on that. I don't think it's a direct shot fired at Scheme Gene. Because even though they've been, yeah, like you said, the Scheme Gene stuff, but all the boys in the back are just like, fucking fair play, Gene. Get that money. Yeah, <laughs> make, make that dollar, mate. Yeah. Jeez. If I could if I could set up a phone line where I just said people, here's the bollocks that's happening in wrestling. And didn't he like negotiate something to get like a percentage of all the... Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he could have retired 10 times over from that phone line. He just chose not to. Yeah. Or maybe he spent it all on hookers. Who knows? <laughs> I'd hope he did. Go on, Gene. Uh, Marty Giudetti mounts some offense on Ringmaster with a drop kick, but Master comes back with a stun gun, which I think was a finisher for a while in Dubsy yeah. Dub. Yeah. Ringmaster wears down Giannetti with an STF, an evil glint in his eye the whole time. Giannetti attempts a comeback, but Ringmaster counters a back suplex with a sorry, backdrop with a million-dollar dream for the eventual submission win. Took a while mm. for Gennetti to tap out. And uh, Vincent Mann, as you say, says, look in those eyes, stone cold this man is. Like, ooh. Oh. He hasn't been called that yet either. No, no. I think this is only his second match on Raw. I think it might be, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the third appearance or fourth appearance, definitely the second match. What did you think of it? It was a bit awkward. I don't think the two really had great chemistry together. Mm. Um, and it's really odd in hindsight watching Austin, like WWF Austin, watch, wrestle a very technically 
sound match because obviously because of injuries he'd just become king of the brawlers wouldn't he yeah so to see him putting in stfs and go transitioning from submission to submission like brian danielson was weird but fine did his job good win uh Ginetti is really they were pushing him for a while and he was getting lots of screen time and they just went ah he's marty Ginetti. so they <laughs> kind of fucked they remembered off. he was marty Ginetti. there was an interesting bit in the observer that i didn't put in and basically um, Meltzer was going mad saying oh they've gotten rid of all the charisma of Austin you know the other week yeah. when he was saying touch the screen and I'll be there and now he's like Ugh. it's like he was very angry about the lack of charisma on Steve Austin like, don't, don't, don't worry Dave it'll, <laughs> it'll all work out it'll all be fine uh, and so other characters it'll all be fine with we cut to a cave or maybe a cellar Possibly a cellar. Possibly. Uh, where we have the crumpled up body of mankind oh. sat in the corner, rocking back and forth. He says, on the eighth day, God created mankind. Why was he having such a bad day when he made me? He made the teeth that I swallowed, the ear that was ripped from my skull, a face that no longer exists, fingers that no longer make the music. He was a gorgeous pianist, which was part of the backstory of mankind. He used to play the piano for his mother. And then he got his fingers gnarled and he couldn't play anymore and he was cast out. Oh. That's the part of the story. Uh, you think you're normal. The ugliness that lives outside lives in each and every one of you. On the eighth day, God created me. Maybe he should have slept that day too and then gives a long wheezy cry. It's Whoa! So fucking creepy. It's good, isn't it? It's great. Oh. I never knew that backstory of the piano. Um, they, he, uh, he alluded to it in a very early promo. He was like, yeah. I play for my mother made beautiful music and then something happened with his fingers where they got them caught in the piano or whatever and I think that was what led to him being cast out because I've read Foley's first book so many times and obviously when Mankind first comes he's got the creepy intro music but has the soft piano music when he exits so perhaps that's that alludes a little, yeah. to it because he always said he wanted the vibe for the bit in is it Silence of the Lambs after Lecter's battered some guards and he's just there conducting as soft music plays. And I thought it was really effective, but that's added another layer to the onion. It <laughs> it's a it's a nice subtle bit that that I'm glad happened. Yeah. Where you, where you don't get wrestlers that have two sets of music. No. Do you? So no. I quite like that Mankind had that as a little a little a, a extra. It's almost it's almost something that's too subtle for what WWE would do now. Yeah. Like they 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 more like just to hit you over the head with with stuff now rather than add little layers of, of deepness. And yeah. that's how they roll and that's fine. Yeah. It works, uh, doesn't it? They, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the WWE, I think we said before, WWE is kind of designed now for people to sort of punch in and punch out of as and when. Yeah. Like, they, there's no reward for watching long-term. Re I mean, there's, there's some, but more often than not, it's, you know, big gimmicky pay-per-views, big shock surprise wins, in and out. And again, I'm not saying this is a dig. That's just how they program. And... I enjoy quite a bit of what they do, regarding yeah. you know, regardless of that. It's not a dig. I know AEW kind of dabbles more in sort of longer storytelling where they can. Yeah, not always brilliantly, but no. they certainly do. No. <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as a, a perfect wrestling company. No. So, uh, and like I've said many times, I've dipped in and out of WWF slash WWE for the best part of 30 years now. So I'm on an off cycle. I'll soon be probably back on an on cycle. Like you said, it's the nature of it where you can just jump back in. It's fine. It is the nature of the beast. Mm. The We get a plug for the 1996 Slammy Awards. Yay! And then we get a short build, to a short video to build Yokozuna's return next week against the British Bulldog and Owen Hart in a handicap match next week. That'll be good. Mm. 
Plus, Diesel will be in action next week, and we're getting Jake the Snake Roberts in action, and words from Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Wonderful. Busy night next week. Uh, Jake Roberts, uh, as Jake Roberts competing next week, will start to set the table for his WrestleMania match. Yes, is, yes. Which, I just have to remember what it was then. Yes, yeah. yes. But we'll, we'll touch on that next week, I reckon. Uh, plug for the 1996 Slammy Awards. We did that. And then the Raw thing. And then we come to our main event of the evening. It is The Undertaker versus... Oh, Tatanka. I remember him. Forgot about him. Um, Tatanka with Ted DiBiase in his corner comes out and Undertaker comes out. Uh, Undertaker has left the casket for this match and it is reminded once again by Jerry Lawler that the casket is Undertaker's home. So that is canon now. So do the ring crew just load that into the <laughs> fans after a show and just like, ah, <laughs> take us in there, leave some crisps nearby if he gets hungry in the night. I like to think that they that they they put it on wheels and Paul Bearer just pulls it along on a, on a, on a rickshaw. That's a nice little image. <laughs> he made the mistake one day of taking it outside, opening the door too soon, and take it dashed off into a hedge and under a fence. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone for 10 hours. Just imagine there, all like six foot 10 of them, just like, oh. <laughs> come on, boy. Oh. Do you want a chicken sandwich? Oh, maybe. What's he doing in the hedge? <laughs> uh, bye. Um, Tatanka attempts to chop. It has zero effect. However, an end of the trail also does. They don't call it that anymore, but the Samoan drop that Tatanka did in that match about 20 seconds in <laughs> was his finish. Yeah. The end of the trail. Uh, he does it, and it has a bit more of an effect. But as he's done it, and as everyone's on the ground, Diesel comes out of the ring with an axe. Not the body spray in America. Why do they call it axe and not links in America? I don't know. There's, there's often, I think it was called, I think it's originally called Axe in France as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, are we just weird then? I think we might be. Like um, the film Zootopia in America was Zootropolis in Britain, which doesn't yeah. work as a pun. Yeah. But Zootopia does. Yeah. Weird. Why, why do we do that? It's like Harry Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, because didn't he just really insulting to Americans? Sorry to our American uh, fans and friends out there. But you're fucking idiots. That's basically what they thought. They were like, oh, American kids won't know what a philosopher is. Let's, put, let's turn it into a sorcerer instead. Incidentally, I'd like to let you in on, on, on how my brain loaded just then because um, I'm a bit tired today. Uh, <laughs> I nearly said, and I stopped myself, I nearly said Harry Enfield and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> John! <laughs> Harry Enfield and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to my mate AJ, because that's all we ever do. We just go... <laughs> just the, little, the Harry Enfield shrug at the start of Harry Enfield's television <laughs> programme. It's on Netflix now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Has it aged well? I doubt it. Mm. <laughs> but it was part of our childhood. Mm. I seem to remember there was a character in it called Fat Bloke who just kept popping up. Hello, Fat Bloke! Uh, I'm sure it's aged wonderfully. Um, Diesel's out with the axe body spray. He grabs the cameraman and drags him backstage with him. Although it was quite weird because he grabs a cameraman and rather than showing the cameraman's perspective, another cameraman just follows them filming yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have filmed it from the cameraman's yeah. perspective. I'd have been cute. It'd be like you'd be in doom. After the break, <laughs> we get picture in picture as Undertaker and Tatanka are having a middle-of-the-road match. Diesel is obliterating the casket with an axe. That casket is the Undertaker's home, says Jerry Lawler. And they didn't light it, so you can barely see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you can't see a Scooby-Doo half the time. Uh, after the match, uh, oh, so Undertaker wins with a choke slam and a tombstone. 
Uh, and then he heads backstage where he finally sees Diesel destroying his home via the big screen. He can't. By the time he gets back there, Diesel's gone. Mm. Uh, but his home is a mess. We'll touch on that again in a bit. What are your thoughts on Undertaker versus Tatanka? As I've got written here, who cares about the match? It was just an angle, wasn't it? Yeah. But this feud between Taker and Diesel has been building really it's built really well yes it, it was simmering for a while and diesel being like oh, i could be a bit of a prick it could be sound wear a glove say hello obviously the end into in your house would uh take a come through the ring he's like get here you big bollocks <laughs> and now he said that as well he watch did. back if you should see his lips get here you big bollocks um and i thought nash looked cool as shit when he just like sort us out with an axe and you're like oh he might twat a bastard <laughs> uh, so it's like i said the match was unimportant it's a shame that it had to be Tatonka who's you know took the loss but oh like, no how <laughs> that's that's ruined all that hope for the future I like Tatonka he, he's a serviceable lower card guy yeah Chris Chavez has always just kind of been the guy that will just yeah. he can fl- like, it was a, the, the ill-fated main event push for Tatonka oh, yeah, yeah. that will yeah. always stay with me he's our top guy yeah, he's not um, the true main event of the evening is up next so the billionaire Ted skits continue to roll on. This is WWF poking fun at Ted Turner. Recently, Ted Turner had appeared on Larry King Live uh, as, uh, for a chat on CNN. So WWF saw fit to parody this with Larry Fling Live. Mm. Uh, this uh, Now, the role of Larry Fling, I couldn't find any details on. I'm assuming this is another WWF backstage team member. Yeah. Let us know if you know any more on that. That'd be grand. Uh, Fling says hello to all his kids, wives and mistresses and his masseuse before the interview starts. Uh, Fling and Ted Tur- and billionaire Ted both agree that In Your House was really good. <laughs> Fling watched it with Robert De Niro. <laughs> I like the fact, I've said this week in, week out, the guy playing Ted, he's just, he's got a good comedic face. He looks gormless as fuck and I was actually sat there chuckling at him. Just like, I'm a wrestler. Uh, they take calls. Uh, the first call is Randy is Sarasota, who wants to talk about his thinning hair. <laughs> uh, and they cut him off. Then we get a call from Terry from Tampa asking Billionette, which to Billionette goes, ah, it's the Hogster. <laughs> Terry says, can I have Monday off, please? I got hit with a size seven shoe. <laughs> I believe this is, this is to do with, I believe a fan threw a shoe at him. I think this is a real thing that oh, happened. I think this is to do with a real thing that happened that they're lampooning. At this point, sort of Hulk Hogan was going through some lawsuit stuff with a fan on the WCW side of things. Let me see if I can pull up my notes from the classic SmackDown review that pull might, up, you bastard. might add a, a few more um, notes to Because, yeah, obviously, I, I don't know what the timeline is of WCW at this point. But I just assumed it was because obviously when you had woman with the four horsemen and Elizabeth, woman. they were just always twatting people with shoes. But it's probably a bit too early before that turn, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the lawsuit in itself, uh, Terry Belaya filed a lawsuit against a Minneapolis woman and her attorney charging them with extortion. Belaya is suing Peter Johnson of the Minneapolis law firm Johnson & Wood and Kate Kennedy claiming that on the 24th of December, <laughs> Johnson sent a letter to Belaya on his, at his home in Clearwater, Florida on behalf of Kennedy. The legal papers claim that the defendant attempted to extort money from Belaya by accusing him of engaging in criminal con- conduct and threatening him with criminal pros- 
prosecution. The letter enclosed copies of Minnesota criminal statutes in which they claim were applicable to Belaya, describing mandatory imprisonment penalties and claimed would be applicable upon a conviction of Belaya, as well as threatened to bring a lawsuit against Belaya worth millions of dollars. The letter expressed a willingness to settle the complaint if they would contact Johnson by Christmas Day. The letter threatened to file a police report and seek criminal charges as well. They file the lawsuit and the lawsuit does not settle. The lawsuit claims the allegations in the letter were false and that the letter, being extortion, itself qualified as a criminal act. John Wood was quoted saying, the letter dealt with claims against Hulk Hogan for reprehensible conduct of a sexual nature that went well beyond harassment. When she made an effort to resolve the claim without going public, they characterized it as extortion and proceeded to sue. Kennedy is believed to have worked in Hogan's public relations for the Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania Mall restaurant hey. at the Mall of America <laughs> that Hogan ownership interest had ownership interest in. Whatever is alleged to have happened, believed to have taken place on the 4th of September, 1995, the night WCW taped its first night show at the Mall. The story widely reported in Minneapolis and a wide service, even less details, the USA Today piece, ran numerous newspapers on Saturday. The tabloid television show, A Current Affair, is believed to be working on a piece regarding the story. Hogan acknowledged the incident in a roundabout way in an interview on WCW Saturday night, saying he was willing to match stories with anyone, whether they be in Las Vegas, New York, uh, or in Minneapolis. Now, uh, nothing about a shoe, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I just like the, the law firm of Johnson & Wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Penis law. Da, 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 da. Uh, I'd, so it doesn't. I'm sure there's some realness in that. Yeah. Um, next phone call comes from Jane from from Hanoi, <laughs> who says Ted's suits are ready. Yeah, suggest that ah. he gets them off the rack at Sears. That's <laughs> <laughs> just Vince McMahon be like, ah, your suit shit. Yeah, that's and by the way, your suits your suits are crap as well. <laughs> Uh, they stop taking calls, and Fling says that Ted has refused to talk to the media, even the media that he owns, about his alleged personal vendetta and monopolistic activities against the WWF, and how losses in WCW aren't reported to shareholders, even claiming that the Huckster's wages are paid through other divisions of Turner. As he's saying this, uh, Fling is asking Ted to respond, uh, and Ted is sweating, drinking water, fanning himself, looking uncomfortable. At one point, Fling asks Ted uh, to comment on the Wall Street Journal investigation, uh, which he suddenly realizes he can't talk due to what he and Fling both agree is a legitimate case of chronic laryngitis. Mm. How fucking funny to see on WWF television them taking the piss out of Billionaire's head for not responding to a Wall Street Journal investigation. Hey! Got him! Got him! Uh, the Huckster and the Nacho Man will be on Larry Fling almost live next week to discuss their geriatric match at WrestleMania 12. Oh, I'll be the referee for that, says Ted, before remembering that he has laryngitis and can't answer any more questions. <laughs> that was Larry Fling almost live with Billionaire Ted. Yay. What did you think of this latest installment of here's some, here's some in-joke shit because I don't like you? That's right, yeah. It was not the best one. It went a bit long. <laughs> a uh, bit long. But I, I do like I do like Ted himself. He's I think very he, good. I think he's great. He's uh, very yeah. good. Uh, as in the fake Ted, not like the real Ted Turner. <laughs> I have no thoughts on Ted Turner. <laughs> but this uh, parody of Ted Turner is great. Enjoying the pettiness of yeah. these sketches. It, it is just, yeah. 
We've only got them for a few more weeks, so enjoy them while you can. Oh, I will. I will. Payoff is coming at WrestleMania 12. So, yeah, so we mentioned this the other week. So, uh, Huckster versus Nacho Man will take place on the pre-show yeah. of WrestleMania 12 because if they put it on the main show, then there's a lot of legal issues that come from that because they'd be technically saying, well, buy the pay-per-view to see WCW stars. Yeah. That's what could be claimed. But by putting it on a free show, they get around it. And the amount of people who might misread Huckster and Nacho Man and be like, Huckster versus the Macho Man. Here's my money. Yeah. Yeah. So doing it for free gets you out of that. And also, it's a, and also in another weird way, it's another weird burial. Yeah. Putting it on the free view. Yeah. The first of the show. Uh, we're final, night, final time we come back for the night and Undertaker and Paul Bearer are backstage. They are heartbroken at the destruction of the Undertaker's home. <laughs> well, Paul Bearer is. He looks like he's about to fucking cry. Because Paul's like, he's going to sleep on my couch again. Oh, oh no. I left, I left some super noodles in there. I was going to have them for my dinner. <laughs> dear everyone, dear everyone. <laughs> oh, dear, dear everyone. Kev's smashed up your casket. Oh, that little oh, fucker. David, dear fucking living. <laughs> Donald, but I, I, when I find him, I'll wring his neck. I'll Dang. wring his neck, I will. I'm going to put you right in the bollocks. I fucking hate that Kev, man. He's destroyed your home. Oh, my home. Don't worry, Undertaker. You can't sleep on my sofa. Would you like a pink wafer? Don't you worry. I'll get the Z-bed out. You can't <laughs> sleep on... It's a fold-up mattress. You can't sleep on there until we build you a new home. <laughs> he doesn't live in a casket. He makes caskets. Why have we suddenly decided that the Undertaker's a vampire? Where does Paul Bearer live? <laughs> I live next door. <laughs> I, li- I live inside the rickshaw that carries it around. <laughs> I hate the fact they've just gone, oh yeah, Undertaker lives in a casket. He's not a fucking vampire. Yeah. He's, a, he's an undead uh, woodsman. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an undead craftsman. He's just a big, miserable bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't live in a casket. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. sleep in a lovely bed. Exactly. Paul Barry declaring that Diesel will indeed pay for this. I thought the feud was fine without having to claim that Diesel's destroyed Undertaker's home. Yeah. It's the second time that a WrestleMania match has been built up by having a home destroyed. What was the first one? Uh, Triple H and Randy Orton. Oh, I, I thought you meant this was the second one at that time. No, I was like, oh. second, second home that's been destroyed. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Hunter the McMahon family Avenger. Jesus. I kind of like the idea of they missed the trick with this, of Diesel going up to Undertaker's casket and going, oh, I'm going to go in there and destroy it. And as he walks in, like it opens, it's like Narnia. <laughs> You know that bit from The Young Ones? Oh, yeah. When he goes through and it's all white and there's the woman on the horse and says to Vivian, have some Turkish delight, my child. <laughs> you got any kebabs? <laughs> I want that scene. Oh, no, one of Vivian's socks has escaped. <laughs> <laughs> I want that inside the casket. What do we think of Raw this week? What I've got written here, in terms of episodic nature, it was good. So as like an episode, you're like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Brilliant. We're full steam ahead going to WrestleMania. The build for Razor and Goldust, Diesel and Taker and Vader, uh, they're all really good. But in ring, nothing to write home about. Nothing. You're not feeling. The, eh, the matches weren't important this week, really. No. But in term, like I said, in terms of a build... It's got our interest. It's got mine anyway. And then next week, you've got, what, Brett and Sean having a little powwow. 
So, what about you? I enjoyed it. I thought that the Razor Goldust thing was a bit of a nothing, but it seems to be building towards a thing. Yeah. Which is good. Nice to see Ringmaster back in there again. I thought the in-ring stuff wasn't great, but like you say, that sort of episodic nature building towards it. I'm, I'm pervertly and perversely intrigued yeah. by the uh, by the, re- the return of the Ultimate Warrior. We won't see him on telly until WrestleMania itself. <laughs> perversely intrigued. I wonder what poor Sardar will end up... Facing him. <laughs> Fine. Actually, we find out next week. Because oh. it's in the Observer. The Observer leaks it like weeks before. Yeah. We'll find out next week. You'll find out too. And some other stuff regarding another member of the clique. And, another member? So, so it's a member of the clique. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll craft a golden shovel in anger. <laughs> uh, what are you working on this week? So... Uh, I'm still doing a big project. I'm just going to come out and say what it is because it's driving me insane. I'm ranking every single manager in WWF history. But because the what it constitutes a manager or not is kind of gray area. So it's every manager, it's every bodyguard, it's every image consultant, it's every enforcer, blah, 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 blah. Because as I was putting Every it doctor to- of style? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Because as I was putting it together, I just went... What does China count as? Because it's like you can't do this list without China, but if you put in mm. China, then you've got to put in Diesel and you've got to put in Sid. So it's just every... So this tree's just been growing and growing and growing. Yeah, so... It, it, so <laughs> what number are we up to now? So uh, I'm about 137. I work from the shit to the good. So I'm at like 137 out of about 200. And every day, you've seen me for weeks just going, oh, I've added another fucking three. Yeah. (laughs) You'll lie in bed at night and uh, your good lady will go, he doesn't pay attention. I wonder what he's thinking of. And you'll be lying in bed going, Muffy, fuck. Well, yeah, I went went through a video. I went through one of the Cultaholic videos and reminded of Muffy, put that in. I was home the other week and I was talking to my cousin about it. And he was like, oh, have you got... Axe, when Demolition became like a threesome and he just kind of st- stood to the side and went, fuck, I've not got Axe. So then- <laughs> I tell you what it, must, it reminds me of. You watch Blackadder. Yeah. You know the episode where they have uh, Dr. Johnson and it's <laughs> Robbie Coltrane who <laughs> yeah. invented the dictionary. Yeah. And so Ro- Rowan Atkinson's catching him out by saying loads of long words and he's writing them down very quickly. And then at the end of the episode, when they give him back his dictionary and he says, and, and Baldrick's written a book. And he was, there was a sausage called Baldrick. Sausage? No! <laughs> <laughs> he had put sausage in. And I feel like that's every time someone goes, oh, Paul Ellery. <laughs> yeah, so. That's that, a hell of a hell of a list. That's going to take me most of the rest of the year. I've not been told to keep it secret. I, I was with the WrestleMania one, so I always just work under secrecy. I'm just like, when it comes out, you'll see. And if it's a big bastard, it's usually mine. But because so you it's have been that given long, clearance to. Uh... Well, I've not, but I've not oh. been told to keep it stum. And like I said, it's probably going to be fucking ages till this comes out. So Yeah, so you, there's no harm in mentioning it now what are you working on this week apart from hopefully getting some rest <laughs> oh, i might get a little bit of a sleep somewhere i haven't decided yet um new desert island graps on wednesday mm. all being well featuring uh francesco akira very nice new i believe new japan junior heavyweight champ tag team champion at mm. the moment so i'm excited to have a chat with him we've not recorded that yet recording that tomorrow uh, excited to have a chat with him uh what else is happening this week oh uh, we may 
be doing. We're doing. No, I can. Do oh, we are. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's, fine. it's fine. Both. Both is happening tomorrow. It's fine. I've scheduled for both. Yeah. We're all good. We're we're, we're playing catch up. So tomorrow we'll probably be in the same outfit. Yeah. So tomorrow <laughs> so. we're doing. Yeah. So you have another. We're doing another after the classic raw review that we're recording tomorrow. Yeah. It's coming out next week. So I'll do that before I chat to Francesco again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also getting Eric Stevens on. I know the name. Uh, ROH legend Eric Stevens. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. he's coming on for a chat. And Very I don't think nice. he does many interviews. So no. I'm having a chat with Eric Stevens. So that'll be fun. Uh, what else am I working on this week? Desperate to get back on Twitch. I haven't done anything on Twitch for about a week or two. Mm. Uh, so we'll probably get back together on Thursday and do some stuff on Twitch. That'll be fun. And with Tom, you never know what that's going to be because mm. we literally don't know in the office until you like, oh, I'm going to saw a dog in half. And we're like, <laughs> I've been Great, Tom. Advice to not <laughs> saw dogs in half on streams anymore. Mm. Apparently people don't like it. Mm. Uh, but for the latest on everything, you can uh, subscribe to the, or you subscribe to the podcast already, hopefully if you're hearing this. So thank you for doing that. And you can check out coldtalk.com for the latest wrestling news throughout the day, every day. And until we are next back together, he is at brat underscore Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together! We're at Coldwallic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Don't walk your cat. For fuck's sake. Without a harness. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm going to bin my harness when I go home. Not my harness, Louis' harness. I haven't asked how Louis is. He's all right. He was looking very just like upset yesterday. So so, so I filmed it and put it to Radiohead. Oh, bless him. But he's he's been a bit of an arsehole recently. He's been waking up dead and just going, ah, and Sean's been just shooting him with water pistols saying just just go to sleep fuck off <laughs> and Poppy's been curled up next to me going hello I'm like hi Poppy ah you're um, alright not Louie yeah hey, he's does been... the water pistol thing work well it does that he, he runs off but he strolls back in two minutes later saying ah <laughs> see that water pistol's not there I'm gonna play the bollocks and it's just <laughs> He doesn't learn. If you square Poppy, she goes, right, sound, I'm getting out of here. But if you square him, he just comes back two minutes later and pushes his luck again. <laughs> so he's all right, yeah. They're Good. both all right. They're great cats. Good. Yeah. Love you, bye! Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 